a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face. To helping you understand the issues going on in the world. To clear and understandable Bible teaching. All peppered with great Christian music. The latest news. And even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. Well, let's get a focus back onto Victoria today because in Victoria, as you might have heard, people talk about Victorian abortion laws as the worst in the world. And then someone will chime in and say, well, Tasmania has actually gone one step worse. Well, we won't talk so much about Tasmania today, but let's get a focus on Victoria because in the Victorian Upper House is Dr. Rachel Carling Jenkins. Now, she is the representative for the Western Metropolitan Electorate in Victoria. And for the first time, there is a bill since 2008 that looks to change the direction of abortion legislation in Victoria. Dr. Rachel Carling Jenkins is joining us. Hello, Rachel. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's lovely to be here. Well, Rachel, been following along your progress ever since you were elected to the Victorian Upper House in the Victorian state elections. And uh, you've really uh, taken this very seriously, the idea of turning back some of the dreadful laws on abortion in Victoria. Just how bad have things been that's caused you to really make this effort? Well, Neil, the abortion law in Victoria is the worst in the world. We not only have buffer zones, very similar to Tasmania now, we have abortion right up to the point of birth. So we're finding here in Victoria hundreds of babies, and mainly this is anecdotal because there's not a lot of data collection on this, but hundreds of babies being aborted in the last trimester. That's aside from the fact that there are thousands of babies being aborted every year. Now, the fact that you are Dr. Rachel Carling Jenkins, does this give you the scientific background, the medical background to be able to come at this issue with the sort of credibility and strength that's needed? Well, Neil, my doctorate is actually a PhD and it's in social sciences. I worked for 20 years in the disability and mental health field, which I think has qualified me very well to undertake this, this fight. Most abortions occur in latest terms of pregnancy, particularly based on the fact that someone has a disability, mainly usually a child, or um, with the excuse of mental health issues. I'm well qualified to talk particularly to those issues in this debate. Rachel, tell me about your bill. It's called the Infant Viability Bill, and you introduced it during October sittings, and it's in play at the moment. It'll be prominent into next year. What does the Infant Viability Bill do that confronts the current legislation? Okay, the Infant Viability Bill is a brand new bill, and it will seek to do three main things. Firstly, it will reform the law relating to abortion post 20 weeks. So when this bill comes into effect, doctors will have to determine the gestational age of a baby and when they determine that a pre-born child is post 20 weeks gestation, they will not be allowed to abort that child. 
So that's the first thing, and that will roll back the Abortion Law uh, Reform Act of 2008. The second point of my bill will be to provide guidelines for physicians caring for pregnant women and their preborn child during the later stages of pregnancy. So one of the issues we have observed is that women will present in distress to their surgeries, to their physicians, and abortion seems to be the only option that they think of. They're not given psychiatric treatment, for example. They're not being referred to psychologists. They're often not even referred to the pregnancy support centres that we have, and they're alive and well here in Victoria. But the referrals are not happening. So the second part of my bill will be to obligate physicians to immediately refer a woman who is in later terms of pregnancy and presents in distress to help. Then the third part of the bill will be to impose sanctions against physicians and facilities who knowingly violate this Act. So that basically means that the bill will have some teeth. We'll be reintroducing penalties to any physician who intentionally or knowingly performs or induces an abortion at this post 20 weeks gestation period. And that will be a new offence that will be specific to this Act. There will also be obligations um, with the facility where the late-term abortion is performed. If they're in violation of the Act, they will also be subject to penalty. One thing I'd really like to make very clear is that there will be a prosecutorial um, exclusion against women. So no woman under my Act will be prosecuted for having an abortion. Rachel, the way you talk about abortion in Victoria, it sounds like abortion is now out of control. It's an industry that's functioning according to profit-making. Is that the way it sort of looks to you? That's actually an excellent description of it, Neil. It is a booming industry, and it is one that we seek to curb. Now, let me ask you about the Andrews government, because uh, in my understanding, the Andrews government believes there's no need to change the current laws. Uh, What is your response to that idea? Well, there does not seem to be an appetite within the Andrews government to change these laws. They will have to conscience vote on my bill, which is something encouraging for me. But I need to remember that Premier Andrews was the health minister in 2008 who finds the Abortion Law Reform Act of that era to be one of his greatest achievements. So that's what we're up against. It does appear to be a very big challenge. And what about how you might feel about the possibilities for success, given that this is the first challenge to these laws since they were introduced in 2008? I imagine it's going to be a long road ahead, and this won't be the last of these sorts of bills. I think you could be right. And we're very optimistic. We're going to really give this a go. We're talking about late-term abortion and when we speak to a lot of people um, inside Parliament and outside Parliament, there's still a lack of awareness that abortion laws in Victoria are actually that extreme, that they are actually that bad. So this is one thing that I think has, has the highest possibility of success. Stay with us. We'll talk some more in just a few moments. Dr. Rachel Carling Jenkins, our guest. She is the DLP member in the Victorian Upper House, represents Western Metropolitan Electorate in Victoria. 
We'll continue our conversation. We're talking about abortion. We're talking about a bill that challenges the current dreadful abortion laws in the state of Victoria. We're talking with Dr. Rachel Carling Jenkins. She is a DLP member in the Victorian Upper House. We're talking about a bill that she's introduced into the Victorian Upper House called the Infant Viability Bill. As you know, Victoria is described as having the worst abortion laws in the world. And this is the first time since those laws came into effect back in 2008 that there has been someone with the capacity to challenge those laws. Uh, We've heard that the Andrews government believes there's no real need to change the laws in Victoria. But we're talking through those issues today. Rachel, one of the things you've been quoted as saying is that abortions don't solve problems, they create them. What do you mean by that? Well, thanks, Neil. That's a great question. I've been doing a lot of research into the area of post-abortion grief. And since coming into Parliament particularly, I've had the opportunity to have many conversations with women who have had abortions. And they talk about it being something that they thought was easy, quick, simple, that it wouldn't have any consequences and just how wrong they were. So not just physical consequences, but the emotional scars and the spiritual scars that women hold for many, many years after they've had an abortion. That post-abortion grief and that post-abortion grief and trauma is something that we just don't comprehend, we don't talk a lot about. And that's where I'm coming from when I state that abortions don't solve problems, they only create them. It's a big challenge getting the word out to ordinary people, and I'm talking about ordinary Victorians in your electorate, to draw attention to this because it's almost as though people don't feel like they even need to worry or don't even need to care about abortion. What's your heartbeat when it comes to people who are ignoring the issue? Well, I think that's very true. I think a lot of people just want to um, not have to think about something that's so uncomfortable for them. It's an area that they want to sweep under the carpet. But we know that a lot of women have them. We know that there's one in four women, at least, that have an abortion in their life. And that's a very high percentage. So looking around at the groups of people that we know, the people that we work with, we would, be, we would know and work with women who have been through this trauma. And I think it's something that needs to be brought out into the open so that women can begin a healing process as well. I know a lot of people have celebrated your coming to office there in Victoria because uh, the DLP, which was for so many years on the outer, left behind as a memory from the 20th century, all of a sudden with John Madigan's election into the Federal Senate, Uh, and then your election into the Upper House in Victoria, there's a little bit of a resurgent here. But when you come to these pro-life issues, the sorts of policy platform that the DLP has is very, very much strongly pro-life, isn't it? We absolutely are. It's become quite a core part of our platform. When we formed in the 1950s, the biggest evil, I guess, out there was communism. And we actually formed as the anti-communist party originally. So we go after the big and uncomfortable issues and that's been something from our history that we're very proud of. We're now an extremely pro-life party. Uh, We believe in the common good for all. We're also a very traditional Labor Party. So we go back to the traditional values of family where pro-life values also play, as you would imagine, a very big role. So we have a huge focus on families, on workers and on communities. 
The Christian foundations, too, in the Democratic Labor Party, they're very, very strong. Yes, we do have very strong links to both the Catholic and the Christian community. However, and you might be surprised to know that we also have a number of members who identify themselves as atheists. So um, it's interesting to get the atheist pro-life perspective as well. They believe, for example, um, the members that I've spoken to, that life is all there is. And therefore, we should be fighting against abortion and fighting against things like euthanasia. So there's quite a big secular pro-life movement out there as well. Now, your bill, which was introduced last month, it's going to be active into the new year. As you look into what might happen in 2016, what's likely to happen with this current bill, this first bill that challenges those abortion laws in Victoria and others that might follow on? Well, with this current bill... I'll be doing a second reading speech, which will be the introduction of the background of the bill in um, the early weeks of next sitting year, and then we'll be debating it in May. So we have a bit of a long haul. We have um, a few months to gear up for this fight, and we're encouraging as many people as possible to sign petitions, to write letters, and to support this bill. A lot of people listening to our conversation now are very pro-life and would be interested in connecting with you on those petitions and those letters that you want people to write. What's the best way for people to link with you in this battle? There's two ways. Uh, We have a Facebook page up and running at the moment called the Infant Viability Bill. So if people are on Facebook, if they get onto that page and like it, there'll be continual updates about what we're doing. The other way um, people can contact me directly through my office or through my website, which is simply www.rachelmp.com. Okay, it's called the Infant Viability Bill, and if you Google that, you'll find some details, you'll find some articles about it, and you'll be able to link with how you can be a part of that campaign. Dr Rachel Carling-Jenkins, our guest, she is the DLP member who represents the Western Metropolitan Electorate, part of the Victorian Upper House. Rachel Carling-Jenkins, just a great opportunity to get your insights into this issue. Thanks so much for talking to us today on 2020. Thanks for your time, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.